Welcome to Livelihood, providing tactical and practical tips for women who work. I'm Britt Larson, your host. For months now, I've thought about what I want my first topic to be for the very first Livelihood podcast episode. And as I've gone around and around in circles and thought, this is so much pressure. This first podcast episode has to be valuable, helpful, and one promise that I have made that I really want to keep is that these podcasts will not be a waste of time. I know working women are busy, and I really want them to be tactical and practical so that you feel like you've gained something from listening. But this topic just kept coming back to me, and I just thought, it's kind of fluffy. I don't really know if this is what I want to focus on, but I'm giving in. I am leaning in, and I hope you'll stay with me as I talk about something that is vulnerable for me, difficult for me to talk about, but that I think is really important, especially for working women to hear. This idea came about probably in the beginning of my career more than anything, as I thought about what was most important to me. Quick background on my career path. I made a goal when I first graduated from college that I would be a communications director by the time that I was 30. Not really understanding how Capitol Hill worked, I thought that that was a great goal. If I worked really hard, I could achieve it. Due to some unforeseen circumstances that I obviously could not control, but also a reflection of the hard work that I put in in my first three to four months right out of college, I was promoted to be the communications director for the congressman I worked for at the ripe age of 21 and was then asked to hire my replacement, the press secretary. This really put me in a tough position because I was reaching and working towards a goal, and all of a sudden it was before me. And I spent the next three years really figuring out what was important to me at work. It was this experience working 80 hours on average per week, being on call all of the time, traveling a ton, meeting with extremely important and powerful people and making mistakes along the way because I was so young and inexperienced. It was that process that really refined what was most important to me. I thought at that time, this is my dream job. This was my goal. I've already reached it. But at the end of three years of this dream, I realized that my dream had changed, that I wasn't so focused on my dream job, but instead I wanted to build my dream life. And that is what I want to talk about today. Building your dream life, not your dream career. I have now 100% come to the conclusion that a dream job does not exist. And you may think, Britt, that is not very positive. And isn't livelihood all about helping women find joy in their jobs? And it's true. That's what it's about. And I actually 100% believe that it's the most exciting time in history to be a woman. We can record a podcast from our laptops and send it out into the world and see if anyone will listen. We can start a business at night while raising our kids full time. We can have opportunities in Fortune 500 companies that we wouldn't have had 50, 60 years ago. Are there a lot of improvements that need to be made? Absolutely. Are there problems that are really troubling in the workplace for women today? You betcha. But I really do believe that we have the ability to build our dream life. 
And to me, my job is not my life. And even just saying that now today shows me how far I've come. I really, truly thought that my job would be my life. And I don't know why. I think that it was a combination of being really focused in school, of being raised by parents who taught me that I had to work hard, that my, my only choice was to take care of myself. But over time, I really refined why I work. And the biggest reason I work is to provide for myself and my family. But there are a lot of other nuanced reasons why I work. So in this episode, I want to talk about some questions to ask yourself to think about what your dream life looks like. I have countless women through livelihood. I almost get a DM a day asking me, at what point do I know it's time to change my job? I think that's the wrong question. And I always say that that's the wrong question. What do you want your life to be like? And then you should back up from there. But I want you to close your eyes and really think about your future. And it's up to you if you want to think about a year out, five years out, 10 years out, whatever is easiest for you to really visualize. And who is in that picture? What's the feeling that you have? You know, we're only a few generations removed from women being granted the right to vote and own land. And we can make the choice as to whether or not we want to have a career, what our professional path will look like, how intense that career will be, if we want to work just to make ends meet, or if we want to build a life that requires a more intense job and therefore a more lucrative salary. Really think, close your eyes, visualize what is happening in this picture. And I'm going to be completely vulnerable and tell you that for the last 10 years as I've done this, as I've closed my eyes and really thought about the future, I picture my dream home, the man that I love, that used to be kind of a, a weird blob and I didn't really know what he looked like. And now that I'm married, I know. And together as a partnership, we were building a beautiful life. We had children and I knew that there was something else in my life that I was doing that was bringing meaning. But every time I closed my eyes, I didn't see myself on TV and I was a broadcast major. I didn't see myself in a boardroom. I visualized this home and this feeling of peace and contentment that really was focused on my inner circle. I had an experience in Washington, D.C. where a bill that I wanted and had worked so hard to help get passed, something that's still um, issue-wise a very, very important thing to me, didn't pass. And so I was taking a walk outside, walking around the Capitol. It was July. It was super hot. And there were tons and tons of groups of kids and families and just tons of tourists everywhere. And I sat on a bench and I looked around and I realized I was trying so hard to make a big impact to, frankly, change the world. That's what I wanted to do. That's why I went to D.C. I was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and I thought, I can just get this bill passed. If I can show that I am capable, that my worth is tied into the impact that I have on the world, then I've made it. Then I really got my dream job. But I looked around and it hit me like a ton of bricks that my friends, my family, my faith, those were the things that were going to make the biggest impact on my life. And so again, as I close my eyes, I haven't visualized myself being the president of the United States. I visualized a family that loved and cared about me and vice versa and feeling like the work that I was doing on a daily basis was meaningful. I really think that it's important that as you visualize that life, and one thing that I did a few years ago that was really fun was to put together a vision board on Pinterest. It's private. No one else can see it. I've just added pictures into it and I edit it over time to really see if my dream 
is aligning with my reality. It's so interesting to me that women still think that we have to follow the career and corporate ladder, and yet it doesn't align with many of our dreams. Most of us dream to have flexibility. In fact, I just read an article from ZipRecruiter, and they said that the number one perk that employees are looking for is flexibility. Millennials care more about being able to do their job on their own terms than anything else. And as I think about my dream and what my life looks like, I've often thought that means I work for myself or that I have to blaze my own trail. And maybe that's what I'll end up doing. When you close your eyes and think about your dream life, how does your career fit into that? And that's one major takeaway I want you to have from this episode is that if your life is fitting into your career, that's backwards. It's got to be the other way around. Your career has to fit into your life. And here's an exercise that's maybe a little more concrete than closing your eyes and dreaming about your future. Take your planner or your Google calendar or a scratch piece of paper and write down everything that you spent time on yesterday. If you have a corporate job like me, that probably means you were in the office eight to 10 hours. You probably got ready for bed and in the morning, maybe a combined hour or two, maybe you worked out. I went to yoga last night. Maybe you ate dinner with your family or went out with friends. Maybe you went on a date. Write down, kind of tally how much time you spent on everything. If you have a day job like I do, you're going to see that a disproportionate amount of time was spent on your day job. But if you really thought about what was most important, is it your job? And if all you're doing is going to work and coming home and crashing because you're exhausted or going to work and you're giving so much to your job that you can't give back to your people when you get home or you're not focusing on your family or your roommates or your friends because everything is being given away at work, you are making your career the number one priority. And shouldn't the point of working be to building a life that you love? Now, I don't want to make it sound like I came to this conclusion right out of college. I've had to earn into it. We all do. There were months and years where the reason I worked and the reason I forced myself to go to work every day was because I needed to buy groceries and pay my rent. And I understand that what I'm saying does come from a place of privilege, but... It's a privilege we all have the opportunity to earn into. The workplace is changing. We can demand, we can ask, we can show with our actions that flexibility can be rewarded and that in fact, that kind of flexibility can be very lucrative. One of the most interesting experiences that I've had in the last few years was attending an award ceremony for female entrepreneurs in my state. And I live in Utah. And it was the first time that this award ceremony had been held. And there were so many women who were nominated who wanted to have some kind of career, but maybe not in the traditional sense. Women like Rachel Parcell, who's a famed blogger from Utah, who won the social media category when I went last year. And she recalled that as a young girl, she would dream in her classes, especially math class. I remember her mentioning that about the dresses she would make someday. How amazing is that, that she would close her eyes and what she would visualize in the middle of math class was going to become her extremely successful million follower account that was then picked up by Nordstrom and now you can buy those dresses. 
And I just loved that story because to me, she built her dream life. There wasn't a career out there. There wasn't a job. She couldn't apply to be the CEO of Rachel Parcel. She had to become the type of woman that people would trust to buy her product. And she gained experiences in her day job to make that happen. Another favorite story from this area that I love is of Susan Peterson, who started Freshly Picked from her home. And you are probably familiar with the moccasins that she makes because they are celebrated and owned by celebrities. And she's landed some incredible deals with Disney and other brands like that. But what was so amazing about me learning about her story is that before she went on Shark Tank, she talked about how she bought leather from garage sales to make the moccasins from her kitchen table using her sewing machine. And this woman is now leading a multi-million dollar empire and she's working for herself and she's providing opportunities for other women. One national story that I think is super inspiring is Rachel Hollis. When you look at what she has built and she doesn't even have a college degree, she looked around and she thought, none of this fits the paradigm that I want for my life. And unfortunately, a lot of the examples that I have are of entrepreneurial women. But I want to tell you about an example from my personal life because I have a day job because I go to work every day. Livelihood is very much my side hustle and I'm only able to work on it in the evenings and on the weekend. And I've thought about my dream life. What do I want my life to look like? And about a year and a half ago when I got my new job, I wasn't looking. I was pretty comfortable in the job that I had. And I thought, well, I'll have the conversation. My good friend from DC reached out to me and said they had an opening. They needed a new position to be created. So I said, sure, I'll come in and have the conversation. But for the first time in my career, I really felt like I had leverage. And what was most important to me at that point was some type of flexibility. My company offers two work from home days a month, which for those of you who have a very flexible schedule may not sound like much, but it's been life-changing. For two days a month, I can get a ton more done because no one is distracting me. None of my direct reports can bust into my office. I focus, I get so much done. And then I can also be home if a plumber needs to come over or I have a doctor's appointment or I could do some laundry. And I finally, for the first time, feel like I'm in control of my schedule. I feel like my results can speak for themselves and it's not about my butt being in my chair. The workplace is changing. Women have the power to look at their life and see what steps they need to take to build the kind of life that they visualize when they close their eyes and dream. And you're not going to be there today. I mean, if you went back and asked Rachel Parcell even a few years ago, I'm sure she would say, oh, landing a deal with Nordstrom would be amazing, but not anytime soon. And look at her now. And if you think about your own life and what's happened in your career path thus far, I'm sure you could see the same thing. I thought it would be so incredible if I was a comms director by the time I was 30. Well, I've had four jobs since that job. Jobs I loved, jobs I hated, companies that weren't a great fit, companies that I still miss. Career paths are not linear. They are not predictable. It's not a ladder. It's a roller coaster. The last thing I want to end with is just a bunch of questions to help you do an audit for yourself. If you've closed your eyes and you've thought about what your dream is, but then you've matched it against what you spent your time doing yesterday and there's a huge discrepancy, I want you to know you're not alone. That's life. 
if you really thought about what was most important to you or you closed your eyes and you visualized a family and you're not dating or making that a focus right now, there's probably some stuff you need to change. If you close your eyes and you see yourself finally launching that business that you've been thinking about for years and you're nowhere close, that's okay. I'm not telling you that your dream is going to become a reality tomorrow, but if you don't start to take control of your life, it's never going to happen. And I really think that the focus should be on what our life looks like. When we graduate from college, I don't know about you, but I felt like my search began at that moment as I walked across the stage and got that stupid, expensive piece of paper. Okay, now my search begins to find the perfect job. Wouldn't it be incredible if our daughters, our nieces, women graduating from college in the next five years, as they walked across the stage and got their degree or their professional advancement or certificate, that they thought, I am in control of my life. I'm doing what I want to do. What do you need to do today to get closer to that dream? What steps do you need to take to make sure that your life is the number one priority and not necessarily your career. One question I constantly ask myself and I want you to think about is, are you putting your health first? You really can't do a good job at work if you're dead. (laughs) And I know that can be kind of morbid to think about, but my first job almost killed me. I contracted a disease that women over the age of 65 who are morbidly obese are typically the ones that contract it. Thankfully, I lived in D.C. and was able to get care from doctors at amazing institutions like Johns Hopkins. But they could not believe that at 23, 24 years old, I have this problem. It was causing so much pressure to build up in my eye and in my back that I had to go on major medications. I had to get a spinal tap regularly. It was horrific. And I realized that this dream was literally killing me. And that if I didn't make huge changes, that I definitely was not going to be able to survive, to continue to work in the thing that I wanted to do. And I had to adjust. I had to completely flip the script. And now, after years of practice, I've recognized that if I don't exercise, if I don't take care of myself, if I don't sleep the amount of hours I need, then my job will kill me. And it doesn't matter what it is. And no job is worth that. Absolutely no job is worth that. If the anxiety of staying on top of your email or the stress of staying at work late is killing you, what can you do to help yourself? It may feel like you have no other options. It may feel like you are at the end of your rope and your only option is to quit. And that may end up being the best thing. If at the end of the day, your dream is unaligned with what you're doing day to day, you got to take steps to get closer to that. And again, that doesn't mean your life is going to look the way you want it to in a year. For me, it's actually taken about five years for my life to look the way I wanted it to. And I'm not exactly there. I'm not exactly living my dream life. But man, my days are so good. And it's because I know that my career is just part of my life. So the last question I want you to ask yourself is, is your job fulfilling or is your work meaningful may seem like semantics and you may not be following me here. But my point is that a lot of what people talk to me about mentors, my parents, uh, when I heard people talk about work, I heard them use the word passion. And I heard them talk about finding something that you love and doing it every day. And we see these memes or posts on Instagram that say things like 
find a life that you don't have to take a vacation from. Well, I'm sorry, life is hard. And if you're providing for yourself through your job, which most of us do, it's going to be tough. And there are going to be days you don't want to go to work. And there are going to be days you don't want to fulfill your obligations because that's being a human. And it's okay if every moment of every day doesn't just fill you with passion and that you don't love your job every single moment. That's okay. I don't have any aspect of my life that I love every single moment. The people that I love the most drive me the craziest. But my work is meaningful. Even when it's hard, I care about what I do on a daily basis, even when it's hard. And again, it's taken me years to find that. I've taken small steps forward and back to figure out what is most important to me. So those are the last questions I want you to think about is what's most important to you? Is it the title? And yet you're not pushing yourself at work. If that's true, if really what you care about when you close your eyes, is it a business card that you see with the title that you are so proud of? Then make sure that what you're spending your time on during the day matches that. If what's most important to you is your health, but you aren't taking good care of yourself and you're putting your boss's needs above your own bodies, that's a huge problem. Really do some inventory and soul searching. And one other way you could think about it is what stresses you out the most? For me, it was my health. And I realized, okay, my health stresses me out the most. And yet all my time is spent on my job. There's a huge discrepancy there. And for me, it meant literally moving states and completely changing my career path in order to align how I was spending my time with my dream life. I am a huge believer that every woman has the ability to build her dream life. One of my favorite female entrepreneurs, Emily Lay, wrote an amazing book called Grace, Not Perfection. If we're friends, I've probably given it to you. I mean, we're all friends, but if we're friends in real life, I've probably given you a copy. But I want to end with this quote that's from that book. Emily says, your job is just one tiny part of your life. We talk so much about choosing jobs or selecting careers, but what if we chose a life instead? I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so thrilled that this community has reminded me what's most important and that supporting each other is figuring out what we're good at. It's understanding that a lot of the issues that we each deal with at work are not that unique. And when we can talk to each other and learn from each other, then we can focus on what's most important. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to Livelihood. Please share this episode with your friends and be sure to follow Livelihood on Instagram and join the Livelihood community group on Facebook. You can always find more info and episodes on livelihoodwithaway.com.